back with another episode. I'm coming back at you from the roots uh, that I mentioned uh, a couple of So I'm really stoked to share something uh, from school this week, believe it or not. Uh, so contrary to popular belief, uh, Evan and I actually do go to school at Stanford University, uh, in addition to the uh, the full-time requirement, full-time job of being co-host of Really Bro. Uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, there's a class that I took spring quarter uh, called Intro to Podcast Storytelling. Podcast storytelling, I think, is a little bit different than the medium that Evan and I often do, which is sort of just like informal conversations that, yes, have a point, but don't really follow like concrete like story or narrative arc so i learned a lot in this class about storytelling techniques etc and i really wanted to share a piece with that a uh, piece of that uh with you so this is very special if you all remember uh way back a couple episodes uh, i think it was maybe like episode four of season two anyways it was called the god way uh, with munira and this uh, episode is actually featuring munira she was the subject of a story. She was so kind to let me share this story uh, of a journey, an incredible sort of like awe-inspiring journey that she went through, and I'm really excited for you to hear it as well. So yeah, with that said, uh, thank you, Manira. Thank you all for listening, and I cannot wait for you to hear this. My name is Manira Lemire. I was born in Rochester, Minnesota, but I moved to Kenya in second grade, and then I moved back in late 10th grade. Um, and I'm a freshman at Stanford. Yeah. I'm, I'm very good friends with Sammy. Um, and yeah, like I would describe myself as someone who's very tired, but very helpful. I'm sitting in the studio with Munira at Stanford's local radio station. She's a little flustered because she showed up 10 minutes late, but only because she had a meeting to attend for a Stanford activist group. She's being way too humble. Munira is a force for social good on campus often speaking at rallies, representing the student body in meetings with the administration, and she was most recently elected as the chair of the undergraduate student senate. As we talk, she's simultaneously typing out an email for an upcoming rally. She's a Muslim woman who wears a hijab and clothes way more fashionable than mine. I've looked up to Munira since I met her, and like others, I've often wondered how Munira became Munira. If there's one thing I know about Munira, it's that she has a deep love for both Kenya and her Somali culture. But recently, those two identities have come into conflict. Quick heads up, you're going to want to listen closely to Manira. She's an 18-year-old whose mind moves a million miles per hour, and she speaks pretty quickly. There's a Somali terrorist group, Al-Shabaab, who is, like, um, complaining that Kenya is, like, performing, like, colonialism and, like, is mm-hmm. trying to, like, take land in Somalia and is trying to impose a rule, da-da-da. But um, they're, they, like, as a protest... They bombed a mall in Nairobi in 2013, and from that day onwards, there was just like a lot of hostility mm-hmm. to people who are both Somali and Muslim, mm-hmm. but more specifically if you're like a Somali immigrant and if you're undocumented, because there's this idea that if you are an undocumented immigrant, you will be spreading terror in the country. Suddenly, like people are like doing stuff like um, arresting people who seem to be Somali. And it goes even further. There's this new policy that's very informal. That people, if they bring in undocumented Somali immigrants to be arrested, they get paid for it. Long story short, because of the actions of Al-Shabaab, Kenya just became a much scarier place to be Somali. So after having lived a few years in the U.S., Munira goes back to Kenya to visit friends and family. She has a great time, but she's ready to go back to the U.S. I'm in Nairobi with my mom. And we're just, like, walking through Eastleigh, which is, like, the predominantly Somali suburb of Nairobi. 
and we get suddenly stopped by this oh. man who is like armed and he's clearly presenting as a police officer keyword presenting makes eye contact with me and then he sees that i'm somali that i'm mm. wearing a headscarf and he is like wait you pointing at me and my mother and he's like mm-hmm. show us show me your passwords and Kiswahili. um and then me and my mom were like okay we'll just like pull out our passports it's no big deal because we're american I check my pockets. I can't find my passport. I look into my backpack. I can't find my passport. Her stomach starts to sink. So I, I start making a ruckus. And I'm like, I'm American. Like, you can't stop me. And like my most like American voice, you know, mm-hmm. um, like acting like I know zero Kiswahili at all or like zero Somali. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like, you stop. I know you know what I'm saying. Um, like, stop acting like you don't understand. And then he takes his rifle and he like jabs it. Like he butts it right into my stomach. And then I go, oh. So at this point, are you upset? Are you crying? I, I can just imagine myself at that age crying. Like, what am I going to do? Let him see me sad? Let him see me crack? Because it's mm. also, it's like, it's a pride thing for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to crack in front of someone who wants to make me feel small. Mm. By this point, people are starting to take notice of what's going on. If people start to, like, gather around us, and then, like, after, like, a while, as he, like, he's, like, he's just, like, towering over me, and then he, like, grabs my wrist, and he's, like, trying to pull me to his car... Uh, because he's like, I- I'm going to take you to the police station now because, you know, you don't have like, like mm-hmm. you don't have identification. How do I know you're not like illegal? And here's where it gets really interesting. Um, and then suddenly like um, this Indian man comes out of his store and he's like, you stupid man. Like, why are you like chasing Americans when you're just a security guard? And Whoa. then so he's just like a mall cop, you know, yeah. um, and, and like the weight of the situation doesn't hit me yet. But suddenly he like he like drops like the rifle because like people have suddenly swarmed him. Let's repeat that. He's just a mall cop. This man posed as a police officer in order to arrest Manira and her mother. But why? Me and my mom to grab our stuff and like we leave. But as I'm like leaving, that the guy's like, they're like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I just needed like, I needed Pesa for like Christmas, you know? He just needed money for Christmas. that moment I realized that like like he was just doing this because mm. like he wanted money like I mean like it was wrong for him to do that but also he needed money mm-hmm. you know and it's not like oh I just need money to buy presents it's probably like I need money to pay the bills you'd think Manira might be bitter about going through this trauma but she's not it's very valid for people who are like the, at the bottom of the system to like lash out at others who are not like benefiting either mm. just at people who they think are their enemies so what is it like being in the U.S. after this incident? Munira, before coming to Stanford, would be very tempted to say that, like, things are different and people are more aware. Mm-hmm. But I came here and I realized that a lot of people don't think about it. They mm-hmm. don't think about, like, what an ice raid looks like. Mm-hmm. They don't think about what it feels like to be, like, pulled over. Um, like, uh, yeah, like, that's... There's the same level of people who can, like, just, like, glide their eyes over whatever situation is happening. Yeah. Um, and like, like they see you, but they don't see you. They see through you. They see over you. They don't see that you're struggling. I am so tired because I've just seen like so much and I've seen so many people who say they care, but they don't actually care. Mm. I've seen so many things that like were promised to be changed, but like they're the exact same. But um, I do have a lot of hope. But Munira didn't let this terrible event hold her back. In fact, it catapulted her forward 
this event really changed the way I looked at the world and made me like start organizing and being more active, helping the communities I want to serve. It was like right after the like Donald Trump got elected and mm-hmm. a few days before the inauguration. And I remember that period of time I was very despondent. I like, yeah, I after that, I just became like so much more active and like organizing and everything and trying to like make a change mm-hmm. um, because I realized that if I'm not the one who's like speaking out, if I'm not the one who's like representing the communities I care about, who will? Because no one knows what's happening. Munira is now going into her sophomore year at Stanford with me and Evan. Uh, she's working for the summer in South Africa, um, and it's actually her birthday on a Saturday, believe it or not. Uh, so happy birthday, Munira. I hope this was a good present for you. Um, I don't know if I'm going to mail something to South Africa because um, it seems like kind of far away. But anyways, so selfishly, I definitely wanted to share this uh, from school because it's something that I was really proud of and that I put a lot of work into. Um, but I also wanted to share this with you because a Munira is like total pro absolutely love her facetimed her a few times this summer and it just warmed my heart every time um but two i really want to sort of solidify like what our mission is with really bro a little bit and our mission of course is to redefine what it means to be a bro um but more broadly we want to kind of let all types of people into this definition of being a bro um and with that i think comes uh not just sharing like informal conversations between me and evan although it's going to continue to be a lot of that um but also kind of like switching it up every once in a while diversifying our medium maybe sharing some videos maybe sharing some you know written pieces um and maybe doing some some more podcast storytelling because that that was a ton of fun to, to do and create and i think was really sort of like a powerful piece in my opinion um not to not to toot my own horn but <laughs> yeah i really want to continue our mission of redefining what it means to be a bro um and i want to do more audio storytelling on a personal level because it's a beautiful medium and i, I want to share that with all of you so thank you to Munira, uh thank you to jenny march thank you to christy uh and all my friends at the intro to podcast storytelling uh it was such a pleasure working with all of you thank you to evan for letting me put this piece on as a shameless plug and uh, i hope you all have an incredible week peace bros No changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's like worth living, shut up, myself. I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for Cops give a damn about Pull a trigger, kill a he's a hero. Get it back to the kids, who the hell cares? One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship them, don't let them deal with brothers. Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere. With each other, we gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers, and that's how I was supposed to be. I can never take a brother if he's close to me. Uh, I let it go back to when we played as kids, but then it changed. That's the way it is. Come on, come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. I want to be, only way I've, I've been practicing my whole life to live my life is to be responsible for what I do. I don't know how to be responsible for what every black male did. I don't know. I, yes, I am going to say that I'm a thug. That's because I came from the gutter and I'm still here. I see no changes. All I see is racist faces. Misplaced hate makes disgrace to racist. We under, I wonder what it takes to make this. One better place, let's see race to waste it. Take the evil out the people, they'll be acting right. Cause both black and white and smoke a crack tonight. And the only time we chill is when we kill each other. It takes skill 
times and we real time to heal each other. And although it seems evident, we ain't ready to see a black president. It ain't a secret or concealed fact. The penitentiary's packed and it's filled with blacks. But some things will never change. Try to show another way, but you're staying in the dope game. Now tell me what's a mother to do? Being real, don't appeal to the brother in you. You gotta operate the easy way. I made a G today. But you made it in a sleazy way. Sell a crack to the kid. I gotta get paid. Well, that's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. Never change. 